They say winning ain't everything. Well, we don't have them tight conversations over here, man. Had that conversation with the losers. We trying to win at everything we do. Even in the loss, we don't see defeat. We see a lesson learned. Straight up. Look, I came into this world in 1978 The doc looked me in my face and knew I was something great 45-42 Prescott, that's where I'm from Grew up in the slums around dope dealers and bums As humble as I was, I adapted to my habitat In my own lane though, far from where they crashing at Dumb bar graduate, the game out of mastered it Served in the Navy, look, y'all don't know the half of it Pops passing no one, moms passed last year I know they up in heaven smiling down crying mad tears Cause they son making it, no telling where I'm taking it My city been cursed, but I feel that I'm breaking it Coach that went high in 15 in one state Seen the fork in the road and went straight I know what I'm worth. I'm OG King Kirk, Brooklyn Nets gaming crew legend. Let's work. Hey, this is OG King Kirk, your host of the OG Two Cents podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you who continue to tune in every Sunday. We truly appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, comment, and share. Also, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. Uh, links for all available uh, platforms will be in the description. Uh, let's make sure we continue to stand up against any form of social justice and racism. And this episode is brought to you by Zenny Blocks. Make sure to armor your eyes with Zenny Blocks virtual clear blue blockers. It's important to protect your eyes from the harmful blue light from your digital screens. So you'll have less eye strain and that makes for better sleep and performance. Check them out at zenny.com slash gaming or follow them at Zenny Gaming on Twitter and Instagram. This episode, episode 52, who is the Joe Vegas? Uh, somebody I've grown fond of, uh, been really great uh, with content in the community and has become really uh, a go-to source uh, for personal development uh, from a lot of players that's striving to make the league. But just to tell you a little bit about him, he was born in Brooklyn, New York, but raised in Wilmington, Delaware. D. Joe Vegas is a content creator and on-air personality in the NBA 2K community. He began his involvement in the 2K community in January of 2019 as the co-owner and commissioner of the 2K First Take Draft League. He has been an analyst for BFW Live, 2K Zone, MapX, and ESGN. He was also the host of Hornets Venom GT, Venom Report, Currently, Joe is the a content creator for Eyeball Empire, while also mentoring 2K League prospects and their hopes of being drafted in season four of the NBA 2K League. You know, I don't like to do too much talking. So without further ado, the Joe Vegas, how you doing today? Can't complain, OG. Thank you for having me, man. It really means a lot. No, I'm, uh, it's, I'm grateful for the opportunity. You know, the one thing... Um, about my platform is it, it allows people to get their story out there, but it also gives me a chance to get to know you more than I do. So uh, with that being said, uh, let's jump into your story and how you got to where you are today. Uh, well, you know, of course, like your bio stated, I was born in Brooklyn, of course, not in the best neighborhoods, but uh, of course, my mom being a single mom, she just did what she had to do to try and get us out and you no, know, she just moved us to Delaware, just her and I, you know, to try and give me a better life. And I'm grateful. Um, and it allowed me to kind of see both sides. 
and kind of know, you know, like, of course, hardship and know exactly what struggle is, but also know, hey, this is what you also can attain with life. And just being able to watch that kind of gave me that dual aspect in knowing what I want, where I came from, and just allowed me with the humility. Uh, you know, growing up, man, I just, it was just me. I just, I was all over the place. I was, I played football in high school, but in the spring I was dancing show tunes. Uh, and honestly, like I was actually better at the acting thing than I was at the football thing. And um, what happened was my senior year, going into my senior year, I tore my rotator cuff playing football outside, you know, snow, whatever, being stupid. Uh, and my mom kind of gave me an ultimatum. She was like, all right, well, look, you tore your rotator cuff. The doctor's saying, you know, if you play, you could potentially hurt it again. You need to choose one. And of course, me being the realistic person, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm decent at football, but like, let's be honest. I'm going to play like, if I wanted to pursue this, I'm going to play D3, D2 somewhere. But acting, I'm actually getting, you know, I'm getting scholarship offers. People are like coming out to see me and, you know, trying to get me to come to their school to act, which I was like, I never even thought was a thing. Uh, it's like, and I'm like, like, I felt great. I was like, all right, yo, y'all get y'all stuff through like sports, but like acting, I didn't have to sweat as much. I got to eat snacks, <laughs> you know, like it, it was fun. Um, so of course I went with that and, you know, I wound up, you know, honestly, I even got into acting. <laughs> I didn't even want to do it in the first place. It was one of those things where I like my grades, they were good, but not good enough for my mom. So I was supposed to play basketball, but my mom kind of was like, your grades aren't good enough for my standards. So I'm like, I need to do something to not go home every day. And I saw that there was this thing about um, this audition for like Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, all right, bet. This is what we're going to do. I can act, you know, this can't be that hard, you know, whatever. And so I wound up auditioning. I was the only freshman who was cast cast with the speaking role cast things like you know stage time never had any acting experience nothing whatsoever uh you know of course wound up doing that i kind of took it started taking it seriously my sophomore year as i realized i started having talent for it and that's when it produced more to senior year had more leading roles that's when everything happened um i had a couple offers to go to different places but i wanted to stay close to home i wound up going to school at newman university in like aston pa uh it's not really an acting school. It's a small D3 school, uh, private institution, but it was close to home, made my mom feel better. And I got to still earn that acting, you know, pretty much, I, I guess the, the know-how, just learn acting, study acting, as well as study other things. So of course, like I know that acting is not stable. Let's be honest. So I wanted to make sure I kept myself doing other things just in case. And as I started getting into it, of course, got bigger with it. And I was like, hey, let me pursue this professionally. I wound up uh, getting a couple different gigs and things like that, which honestly is conflicting with class a couple of times or, you know, even my theater teacher was like, all right, well, you know, even though this is something that you can do, like, this is great. Like, and I'm like, what, what, what's the problem? I'm, I'm like, I'm doing what you're teaching me. It's literally like, I'm like, it's like an internship kind of. And of course, but you know how teachers are. But uh, it wound up getting into it. Like I was an actor, but I didn't know how to edit. I was trying to find stuff to get film on myself, but 
it's kind of difficult to get film on yourself if you can't get gigs like that. So I was like, all right, what better way to do it than do it myself? I taught myself how to write. I taught myself how to edit. I taught myself how to film. Uh, you know, Newman had a phenomenal communications department. A big shout out to Sean McDonald, Shawnee Mack. He really took me under his wing and taught me a lot and really helped me blossom. So now I was creating content. I was the, you know, one of the heads of our media department, creating skits, doing things like that. Uh, and, you know, I wound up actually getting nominated for an Emmy uh, my senior year of college uh, for writing. And it was something for me, like, <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie to you. I was pissed because I was like, oh, this is just a college Emmy. Like, it's nothing, it's whatever. Like, <laughs> like you know, because of course I'm competitor. And then, you know, Sean came to us like, what? No, this is actually like, you're going to the regional Emmys. This is, you know, of course the Emmys have two days. He's like, no, you're on the first day. You're going there. It's with the local stuff. And I'm like, wait, what? And of course I wasn't expected to go. So I didn't have anything ready. So I'm just like throwing together some suit. Like I didn't even get a chance to get a haircut. I look a mess and I'm like, oh God, like, and you know, I get there. It was a phenomenal experience. I was super nervous. We wound up losing. But, you know, of course, like I was bitter. Like now I know how Leo DiCaprio and all those people feel the whole time where it's just like, you have to sit there and smile and clap as like somebody else goes <laughs> to accept the award that's yours. Right, right. And the competitor in me hated it. So I just went back to the lab and I just started like writing everything, writing scripts, like doing more, whatever I can do. But after finishing with Newman, um, you know, I was acting more professionally. I, uh, like I wound up getting my agent. Uh, started doing more stuff. I actually got booked into a couple more gigs. I wound up getting booked into my first movie as well as I got booked into my first like, feature movie. I was actually cast in Creed too. Um, okay. You know, I was cast as like, you know, a small speaking role, but it was huge. Um, you know, I had the opportunity. I was freaking out. My callback, I thought I, <laughs> I didn't do well at all. And um, I got home, like I got to my buddy's house and I'm just super depressed. I'm like, dude, I just, I just bombed my audition. I just I bombed my audition in front of everybody. And like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, come to find out, I wound up getting it. And, you know, it, it was great. Like I, my dressing room, which was crazy, is my green room was right next to Michael B. Jordan's, as well as Tessa Thompson. So, oh, wow. I was, I was in love. I was going crazy. I was talking to Michael B. Jordan about the Knicks and we were talking, this is the year, like, you know, of course, like Neil Aquina got drafted and he was saying like how he wanted Frank, uh, I'm sorry, Dennis Smith Jr. Ironically, of course, Dennis Smith Jr. still went to the Knicks later, but uh, you know, it was a dope time. Unfortunately, they wound up cutting our part, I guess, due to time, right. but I still got the credit. I still got the film credit. I still get residual checks, which is kind of great. Like, you know, residual checks, love. Um, but, um, yeah, through all of that is just, it wasn't enough to fully sustain me. And so of course I'm working nine to five, which conflicts with going to auditions. And then I'm getting a little bit older in age. I'm like, Hey, I need to set a career. I need to do something to kind of, you know, I, I need to make money. I want to move out. I love my mom. I love my family, but like, come on, like, you know, I'm trying to, trying to do my thing. And so I wound up stopping acting for a while and you know of course other personal things i was getting into but uh i kind of just played 2k with my buddies and it was just one of those things we would just play every day after work you know one of those things 
your IRLs were, were too good for rec, but not good enough for pro-am. Like, of course, it's just, we were all right. And then we faced comp and we we're just getting smoked and flooded. And it's just, I had no basketball expertise whatsoever. And they kind of had to teach me everything from scratch, you know, and center position, of course, you know, that's not position you want to have to keep teaching people things and right. how to set a screen, how to roll, how to, you know, step up, do things, what a two, three zone was. So, you know, those years were rough. But, uh, you know, a big shout out to Jose, Jaleel Friend for, you know, doing everything for me. Uh, but eventually, like, I tried to start streaming. Didn't really work. But uh, I wound up reaching, like, getting reached out to by 2K First Take Draft League and else. Um, he said, hey, you know, we had this draft league coming up. And, you know, if you want to play, it's a competitive spot. And my buddy's like, oh, you know, it's whatever. And the competitor, me, I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up let's hear this out you know it's like a draft league what's this like because i just recently learned about the 2k league through my buddy jose uh you know he's like yo the knicks have a team i'm like oh that's great and he's like and of course they wound up winning and the knicks never win anything so i was hype like you know <laughs> right. of course like you know loving goofy loving all the guys like loving the, everything there um but then yeah just getting back to the whole draft league thing i wound up going for it and of course, because like, I wanted to test myself, like while I was playing, my RLs aren't that great. Let's be honest, we all have that situation. And I love them to death. But you know, it just happens where I kind of wanted to test myself against higher competition and see where I ranked. I wound up joining this draft league It was a $5 draft league at the time. I got there, the discord was a mess. It was chaotic, everything all over the place. And I'm just like, holy hell. I can't do this. So I wound up reaching out to Els. I'm like, hey, do you need a little bit of help with your Discord? Can I just clean it up so it's a little bit more organized for people? That goes into, oh, well, we had a GM drop. Joe, can you, you know, fill in as a GM? Fine, whatever. All right, well, doing all this, I became the co-commissioner, you know, co-owner, and I couldn't play anymore because, of course, people always have that narrative of, oh, if you're the commissioner, you know, you're rigging things, you're doing, th no, I'm just making right. trades that I can see in the future. I'm doing things, obviously, I'm going to flip value while I have it, while it's maximized. But, you know, did that, I wound up taking a step back. And that's when I really focused on 2K first take. And we wound up building that from this small draft league to, you know, a huge known commodity at the time. We created, you know, shows and stuff. And that's when it's kind of great to have this where, you know, you were one of my first guests. And right, to right, have it, right. you know, the other foot, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to see how it's all come. But, um, you know, after maybe like a couple seasons of that, I was, it was a lot. I was handling content. I was the commissioner. I was, you know, dealing with people, you know, ungrateful players, entitled players, all the people hitting me up for everything. I had no life whatsoever to the point, like I started, I had a bald spot. Like, <laughs> yo, like I was like, Bro, I'm like 26. Like, I'm like, yo, I, I'm too young to have a bald spot right now from stress. And because of that, I was like, I had to take the step back. I wound up stepping down from 2K first take. And I was going to kind of take a step back in general, period. I just moved to New York. Uh, you know, I'm trying to work on my career, getting into all of that stuff. My family, especially my uncle at the time, was not a fan of my 2K stuff. Like it was bad. Like we butted heads consistently. Like, 
all right he's like this is cool but it's a hobby it's not gonna amount to anything it's not getting like i'm like well you don't see what i'm doing you don't see all of this you don't see what the future has for this and you know but it is what it is i kind of grinded just quietly silently you know night but um before i was gonna give it up dave of the 2k zone reached out to me and was like hey you know how would you like to help me with the draft come to the draft help me interview some people do that and i was like hell yeah why not you know i get media pass i get to meet people that's where i met a lot of people i got to officially meet harris i got to meet so many different coaches i believe i met yourself officially there as well um bd etc and i really got a love for it and that's when of course the 2k zone we started building that platform i helped dave turn the podcast into a twitch stream so of course interactive etc and that's when it started moving started doing more stuff with like Napex, ESGN, you know, different things, different types of content uh, to the point where Big West reached out to me kind of and he's like, hey, like, I love the content that you've been making. Would you potentially want to create a show for Hornets Venom GT? And not going to lie, I was excited, but I was scared shitless. I, <laughs> you know, it was just my anxiety was hitting me. I just, I didn't know if I was good enough. I didn't know if I could do it uh dave had to sit me down like literally and he was just like dude what are you doing to yourself he was like you're self-sabotaging yourself you need to just sit there and just go for it he's like obviously they wouldn't be reaching out to you if you couldn't do it so just take the leap you just have to have confidence in yourself and i wound up doing it and it was a hit it's something that they're trying to bring back this coming season and you know from there just i think that's where my platform really started to grow and kind of to where what it is now I joined eyeball I started doing all different types of content you know I Frank reached out to me asked me to start being a guest on BFW live which I thought was a phenomenal opportunity and experience where I just I got to talk on the 2k league chat like what like I'm sitting here like like what like this is me and it, it just all kind of you know just kept building to the point where I was asked to help with the women in gaming conference and just right right I, there yeah. and, I was going I I was gonna ask you about that because, um, I mean, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. Like once I seen you was in there and everything like that, and then a part of you being on a uh, you know Black Frank White Live, uh, you know, shout out to Frank. I mean, because this is like we spend too much time in the community uh, talking about the negative and talking about what people aren't doing, but not really paying attention uh, to what people are doing. Like a lot of us, we reach and give back. Uh, if you if you pay attention and if you actually doing uh, what it takes to to be in that position. So, I mean, you know, Frank's been giving out numerous opportunities uh, on his platform, which in relation is the 2K League's platform. And uh, if you're ready, then, you know, you, you'll get a shot. I mean, and you can build off of that. Uh, I think we, we've all uh, been doing that that come, that come from the community. I mean, if you look, if you really look and pay attention, that's why I tell everybody pay, you know, it's enough negative stuff out there. You don't have, we don't have to talk about that. That's gonna, it's going to be there regardless, but just pay attention to uh, the opportunities that do exist and, and the good that people are trying to do. Um, you know, how did you get your nickname? So it's actually uh, funny. It actually started as a stage name. Uh, I got it from a show I did back in high school where it just kind of like, it stuck, it felt well. 
Uh, I was always one of those people who wanted to kind of separate my personal life from my career. Uh, and so I love the alias. So when I started right. acting, I was going to kind of put under that. And when I started getting into the community, I was like, well, what do I call myself? I was like, like, I, I don't know. Do I put myself out there? Do I, I'm like, all right, just DJ Vegas. And to be quite honest, people just thought that was my actual name and they never asked. So I never said anything. <laughs> and it, it just kind of stuck. You know, I got a funny story about that. And you, you wouldn't know it. Now you're about to know because I'm about to tell you. But, you know, man, you have been communicating a lot, like through mm -hmm. text and stuff like that. But I, but I don't see the Joe Vegas pop up on my phone. I see, I see you, I see your real name. You can so drop like, it if you want. You know, yeah, like Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris Ulrich. Is that is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, here and there, you know, I'm swamped. I'm I'm still trying to answer texts and messages and stuff like that. And I didn't realize the whole time that I'm talking to you sometimes. Like until you know what happened. I went to Instagram. And then I seen that was you. And then I put two and two together because like normally what I do is when I program, I always put uh, people's name in my phone first and last name. And then I, and from, especially from the community, I'll put in parentheses on the last name and then I'll put whatever their, their name is in the community. Well, on yours, I didn't do that. So here and there, I got thrown off. And then when I finally figured it out, I was like, you big dummy. Like this whole time, like, and then it really dawned on me. Like when you started asking certain questions, then it, it hit me like, oh, I know who I'm talking to. So, and, and funny thing about that is now I feel different if if people don't say OG or don't say Kurt. I know if people call me Ivan, that's people who like, like know me, know me. And then like, I know sometimes YL call me for Ivan when he being funny or, or, or what are trying to get my attention and, and, you know, different stuff like that. But I mean, now everybody it's either Kurt or OG. So I'm just, I think I'm just going to live with that name for the rest of my life. Right? Like, no, seriously, <laughs> like it's so difficult because like, I feel like I have a, you know, this split personality in a sense where I would, go do everything here in the 2K community and then I'll go to life and people are just like, oh, you know, Chris or this and then Joe. And I'm like, I have friends who are named Joe and I don't know if they're talking to me or they're talking to them. And it's just like, all right, man, I gotta just, I gotta chill. Like even now as my name is actually starting to get out there, people know that my name is not actually Joe. You know, of course the close people actually do call me by my first name. And, you know, some people hit me up like, what, your name's not Joe? Like, oh, you lied to me. I'm like, I never lied to you. You never asked. Like, you know, and, um, but it, I have to take a second to just make sure they're talking to me. So I definitely understand that. It's just, it's weird. The funny thing about it is, um, you know, I think I, when I, when I first started seeing your content, man, you know, I was, man, I was talking to while we was, I said, man, it's like, you, it seemed like I didn't know at the time you act. So, but I could tell like you was kind of polished. So like, that was the thing, like, I mean, so I instantly caught that. And then later on down the road, when I, when I seen uh, your Instagram, I could tell like that you had been acting and stuff like that. Cause sometimes you just get a sense of how comfortable people are uh, being in front of the camera, even for myself. Like I've been a natural uh, talker and communicator, but in the beginning being on camera all the time, you know, nerves do strike but now it's like second nature like i don't i think the podcast helped me out a ton like i i, I think you is if you put yourself in position to be in front of the camera all the time 
you're going to want to get better because then you you go back and watch yourself and you'd be like man I look stupid like man or, or why i keep saying this over and over and over and shout out to uh danny martin because i think after i did my first couple of episodes i sent them over to him to have him critique me and then he sent me an email back like this fucking like this fucking like uh, telling me like different things like not to do certain things to do then me you know i took i take stuff like that on the chain and just and challenge myself to get better and um and then also our pr team uh you know rachel uh lewis and uh Stuart bryant who's not uh with us anymore but i used to always ask them tons of questions like on how to get better you know what the what to do what you know what not to do what to say what not to say and, and really just how to articulate uh whatever i wanted to get out better and it's uh it's paid dividends i mean you know i think on like on my platform i like for it to be like a conversation we're not we're not we're not bougie on here we're not you know it's not technical or anything like that but i mean you still want to get in habit of because obviously you know like you interview a lot of people you're gonna you're gonna start getting a lot of interviews and and it's a place it's a time and a place for everything so you know your initial thoughts uh when the 2k league came in existence like when you first found out about it, i know you said that your friends told you about it but like what was your initial thought when you realized it was like an actual league where players were getting paid you know moving into marketing competing uh, for a lot of prize money and, and on a, re a regular basis for six months. Like, what was your initial thoughts? So, you know, of course, being a 2K fan, seeing that and seeing what esports were becoming, I loved it because I was like, 2K is one of the biggest games in the world. Basketball is one of the biggest games in the world. It's super smart to have something like this. And I knew that if done right, it would have the potential to be, you know, something amazing of what League of Legends, Overwatch, some of these, you know, Call of Duty, some of these bigger esports are. Um, of course, I didn't really know much about it. I didn't know much about the people. Like, you kind of looked a little bit like, all right, cool. I looked at an interview, see Dimes on, you know, ESPN or something like that. Again, I knew the Knicks because I was like, oh, I'm a Knicks fan, but I wasn't a huge diehard fan until I really got into the community and really started learning. And then it kind of became a slight obsession, but, I, I loved it. I just, you know, for me, it was trying to keep up, like, you know, and catch up because by the time I got in, like the season two draft pretty much already ha just happened and season two was already going on. That's two years that I really didn't know anything about who these people are, what's going on. And so I'm trying to do whatever I can. And, you know, you kind of spoke on it before. It's just like, I'm a person who is a firm believer in, you know, learning history you guys have been here you're there to kind of there was no blueprint there's nothing like that so you're starting to pave the way your blitz and trails so now someone like myself who came in a little bit later all right it's a little bit easier for me to you know squeak away but then i still have to find my way i can't just you know completely follow you because i'm not you and you know so that was the hardest thing for me and you know watching stuff that you've done like your podcast watching and I was kind of tweeting about this before, but like, you know, the post up and everything with uh, the first shake with Frank and comp, because yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I didn't know, like, I was like, all right, cool. Who's this guy? He's just a community ambassador. Like, oh, comp is the coach of the jazz. Like I thought like, you know, like all right, well, comp just sucks. Like, you know, like, you know, like you don't know any of this stuff off the rip because you just see, oh, okay. He had an eight and eight season. 
I didn't know he wasn't the coach before that. So once I started learning and really starting to actually get to know and seeing how comp works and I'm like, yo, this dude's smart as hell. Like, you know, what the S tier troll in the community, I, I look up to him. It's just the greatest. You can never <laughs> tell what's sarcasm and what's truth, but you know, I was, I respect it. And even Frank, like I gained more of an appreciation for Frank and what he was doing because he was doing a lot of this stuff before I even came along. And, you know, I learned from there to see, okay, what they did, what I can do to, you know, build off of that and make it better and just learn from everything. Like I said, learn from you, learn from famous, learn from all the people who were here before me. And, you know, that's what I've been doing, trying to catch up because I think the 2K league is amazing and I just want to see it succeed, man. Yeah, I think for me and like people, when they really talk to me and really get a feel for me, it's like, I don't have a problem helping anybody or talking to anybody, but my thing is um, I'm, I'm going to dive into something that that's actually kind of been dormant, but it's, it's going to kind of relate to a degree uh, with the buddy, buddy. It's, um, you know, the positive side of how I looked at the buddy, buddy was that if you had a choice to play with your friend or to play with a complete stranger, which one are you going to play with? The obvious choice you're hey, with your friend yeah, exactly like, so like in our terms like if like me famous lt west uh frank uh rico like a lot of us who come from back in the day like we we have a bond with each other already we know each other so it's like one of those things where you you you, st you stick you tend to stick together not that you pushing everybody on the outside but you know each other you know what you know what you stand for you know what each other stand for and and you and you just know how to operate like we all we all come together but we all in separate lanes if you get what i'm saying like yeah. all of us have our own different personalities how we interact with the community and everything like that so when i'm looking at like up and coming uh people in the community uh figures in the community I'm looking at like, what are you doing? Cause see, we always talk about prospects separating themselves, but that exists for all of us. Like, like, what are you doing to stand out and make yourself different than the next person that's looking to up and coming and be ready for a potential position uh, in the 2K league or, or, or whatever it may be. So when I see people doing things that's like, that's different and, and, and stuff that I always say in my mind that I I'm not doing. I appreciate that. Like I I I don't get excited about the wash and uh you know the rinse and repeat. I don't I don't get excited about that. I get excited about watching people do things that hasn't been done. And and I applaud that. And the one thing I want to say is like everybody looks at me cuz like I always positive. Like my whole platform and what I stand for is positive. I'm still a human being. I'm, you know, I still, I, I get pissed off about things. I got things that I don't like and, and all of that. But like I said, it's a time and a place for everything. But I always said all content is good content. Like that, like everything can't be peaches and cream all the time. Like I like the, the exposés, the, even the part of, you know, some of the shows from the 2K zone and, and uh feel like, I like it all. Like, I mean, I think it's all warranted. I mean, it, it exists in traditional sports. We play a game that's a sim game of a traditional sport. So, I mean, you know, some things are to be expected. And my thing is, I always say, don't keep hopping the fence, though. 
Like if you, if that's the your platform and that's how you want to put it out there, then stay consistent with it. And, and that that's what you'll be defined for. If that's what you really stand for. I mean, I just don't like the fence hopping. Like for me, like I'm not, you're never going to see me tweeting a bunch of, you know, extra stuff or, you know, disputing with anybody. I mean, cause that's not me and it's not what I stand for, but if it was me and that's what I stood for that, then I would continue to do it. So I applaud you. I mean, really built a relationship with India. Uh, like what, like what he's doing. He's a numbers guy. I'm a he's numbers guy. guy. Yeah. Like, so it's just those angles. Your content has, has been good. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I like that you did really well uh, was the poem. Uh, I think it was for Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. And I yeah. thought, I mean, that was on the money. Like, I mean, like different stuff like that. I mean, it's just continuing uh, to do it. I mean, and, and, and that's the thing. So I really applaud, applaud you for that. And now uh, something that I really wanted to get into was that uh, you helping prospects, um, you know, become better prospects. Um, that's something that nobody's been doing. Like, I mean, once again, like I'm looking at lanes and, and looking at how people are contributing and uh, just talk about that. I mean, about you, you know, helping with EPKs and, uh, you know, different content strategies and stuff like that. So just uh, expand on that for a minute. Well, I mean, for myself, it's, you know, like you said before, you're always willing to help somebody. As long as you show me respect, I'm going to do the same thing. It doesn't matter who you are. No, as long as you're hungry. I'm, and it's something I learned over time. I'm not going to sit here and help you if you're not going to help yourself. And that's what I, I see a lot of these prospects where I see them going through these draft process and like, I'm like, you're doing this all wrong. You can do this so much better. Like, when I hear the horror stories about people showing up to interviews late, no showing, you know, no shirt, whatever, like all this crazy stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? And it honestly, like, I always like joked around. I'm like, these people are lucky. I do not have thumbs because I would destroy all of them. I, I, that's it. Because a lot of these people, and then I took a step back and I'm like, all right, well, we have to look at the age range. Some of these people, you know, don't have their frontal lobe development. They're not as mature. Some of them are just fresh out of high school coming into it. Did everybody have the same upbringing? Did everybody say had the same opportunities, et cetera? Um, I'm like, hey, maybe some people didn't learn this. But if they're serious about this professional, you know, career, because it's a career, no matter what people say, like, yeah, it could be like a cool summer job if you want it to be, and then you can go forth and do whatever. But if you're really looking at what esports can become and what you can do with your personal brand, it can be, it's a career. And this is what I try and preach to people. Like you can set yourself up for success by doing these certain things. And then now you don't have to worry about oh crap, the season's over. I have to go back to work in a job. No, because you're doing all kinds of other stuff that's still related to what you love to do in the off season. So all you have to do is worry about playing the game. Yeah. And people don't realize that. Like, hey, a lot of these sports started the same way. You know, a lot of the things going, you think that the LeBrons and Michael Jordans of the world just had these things just because like, no, people had to blaze the trail for them to get sponsorships, to think that sponsorships are okay, to you know do branding, etc., and that's what I try and teach, and you know show them like there are different ways to go about it. You can, you don't have to sit there on the timeline and tweet everything, just like you said. Like, right. 
OG, I, I get triggered by a lot of things people say. I get triggered by when people are stupid, when people are just ignorant and just not knowing everything. Like, you know, do your research. I also get triggered. And like, I know we see it a lot, like vague stuff. Like, if, and this goes for like every creator, analyst, whatever, like, you know, a person, if you're going to say something vague and then say that, okay, this is, all right, yeah, I was right about, no, you're not right about anything. What are you, right about being vague? Right. Like, and it's just, you can't claim success. You can't claim, you know, that you were the reason for this if you don't have a stamp, if you don't say, hey, this is what it is. This is the evidence behind it. This is what, it, all right, now I told you so. If you don't say anything like, oh, the sky's blue, obviously, you know, like, and so that's what we try and like get with all that. And I kind of got a little bit distracted because I got triggered, but, uh, you know, I, um, you know, we all want to tweet, like you said, like, I, I will sit there and write this venomous tweet and then I'll just click, you know, just, all right, delete. All right. I got it out of my system It's done. You know, I joke about people having burners. It's still better than tweeting it on your own. You know, you don't have, there's a time and place, take a step back, save the tweet in your drafts, come back to it. If you still feel like it's something that you should say, then post it. But usually by the time you come back to it, it's not something you want to do anymore. So you just might as well delete it. Uh, you know, just teaching them stuff like that, teaching them interview skills, you know, how to talk in interview, interview questions, how important interview questions are, because it's showing you, like, it's your way of showing them that, hey, I'm interested in this job. I've done research on who I'm interviewing with and showing them like, okay, I'm somebody who really wants this. And people don't realize that. And a lot of it's because some of them don't have the work experience. And I preach like LinkedIn, things like this, like, Hey, this is a job guys. Like no matter what, yeah, you're playing 2k cool. It's a game, but it's a job. This is also a job for these coaches, GMs, etc. So instead of trying to DM them on Twitter, where they're probably getting flooded with things, why not go to LinkedIn? You create your LinkedIn. So now they actually see your business resume so they can see exactly what you've done. They can see another side of you, the personal side of you. Also, you probably have a better shot to interact with them, connect with them compared to their DMs or something like that. And you know, this is the stuff I kind of preach, like talk about content and hey, like build that content because at the end of the day, you have to stay relevant. A screenshot's not gonna do anything. All right, cool. Screenshot, you, you know, streamed a game. All right, streams go away in 15 days. What, you know, like, then what happens? Nobody cares, nobody knows. Out of sight, out of mind. Save the stuff, even if it's just you posting a game to YouTube, at least it's there, it's content, you're building your stuff. Eventually you can potentially start monetizing your, your information, your content, and you can start getting paid literally to just be you. And, you know, trying to teach people and understand and, you know, people are slowly coming along. And I know we kind of talked about that before, like, oh, I wish they would listen years ago. And you're like, oh, well, you know, just be glad they listen now. And you're right about that. It's just, it's slowly happening. And they're realizing that esports is not just the game. You're half athlete, half influencer. And the stronger your brand is, the more weight you have, the more say you have, staying power, etc. And people, once they start learning that, the world's really theirs for the taking. Okay. Yeah. That, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I think at times for me, I, I look at myself as, uh, you know, outside of the box of everything is as being a mentor and 
giving people a chance and and willing to deal with some, a lot of their mistakes and hopefully show that I you know that I care and and, and that they understand enough that, uh, that that they try to make the proper changes that's that's needed. I mean, I think you know obviously uh, beyond the competitive side. I mean, it is entertaining. I think you know those personal. We need personalities. We need you know real raw emotion. But uh, like I said, it's a time and a place for everything. Like I mean, you can't. I don't. The, I guess the biggest thing that I have with this generation, and I ain't trying to sound like a super old head, but it's like just saying what you feel uh, at any given time. That, it don't make you real. Like that, they think that this you you sharing every raw emotion uh, at the at the cost of somebody else's feelings or whatever that that's that don't make you real all the time, and and obviously you look at some prospects or some players and they wonder why they've been on the outside looking in for the last three years or so, and sometimes you got to take a, a a look in the mirror. Like I mean it. Like for me, for example, and I'll just throw throw little tidbits out there. It's like I watch a player go for the league in season two. Like obviously that's when I when I came in. Uh they don't make it, they didn't make it season two. But then they take the whole post draft off. And like, so to me, that that's like that's that's showing too much quit to me. And I'm not a quitter. Like, I'm not a quitter, I'm not a complainer, I don't I don't cry about anything. You know, I do what was necessary. So in my mind, like I try not to, you know, draft quitters or bring complainers and stuff like that into the organization. Now, you know, of course, things happen. I mean, but that's my never my intent. Like, so I, I really want like prospects to understand that. Like, I'm not the only one. I'm one out of twenty three. Like, we all pay attention to stuff like that when you. When you stop playing, you go AWOL. Like nobody, nobody sees you again until the next pre-draft. And then if you don't make again, then you go dormant again. And it's like, it's no real consistency in that. Like it's it's no trust in that. Like, I mean, so you you I think I was listening earlier today was like, you know, coaches and scouts, they know enough about you when you're playing well. They they done seen enough of that. They know how you are when you're playing well, when you're winning and stuff like that. It's, it's what happens when things are not going your way. That's how you truly judged and looked at is when is how you respond when you when you're not getting your way and things are not going right. So uh, definitely the efforts that you're making to help uh, prospects become better prospects and, and in hopes uh, to making a league is commendable. And it's something that I think like you keep building on that. Like, like I said, that's a lane that's untapped because obviously we can't communicate with prospects 365. Like if we, it's phases where we can't have any contact or whatever, and they need uh, outlets like that, whether they think so or not. Um, at this point of the show, it's uh, OG wants to know uh, rapid fire questions, answer open and honestly as possible. Uh, biggest influence? Uh, biggest influence, my mom, my uncle, my granddaddy. What motivates you? Motivates me is, you know, being told I can't do something and finding something I'm super passionate about. Uh, favorite video game of all time? Final Fantasy X. Okay. 
Uh, favorite sports team? Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Favorite athlete? Favorite athlete, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, favorite actor and actress? Favorite actor, Donald Glover. Favorite actor currently is Lakeith Stanfield. Favorite actress, Viola Davis. Okay. Uh, celebrity crush? Zendaya. Hey, man, I, I was just talking to my daughter about that earlier. I'm a, I'm a big Euphoria fan, so. You're so good. Yeah, I'm waiting on season two. <laughs> like, season two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd be surprised with the OG watch, man. Like, I, I and I'm talking about I, I be into it. Uh, I respect it. Yeah, favorite gaming console? Of all time or just period? Period. Uh, period, of course, I'm a PlayStation guy. You know, but let's so. throw it in there, all time. All right, so all time PS2. Got you. Um, favorite movie of all time. Favorite movie of all time, Guilty Pleasure, Space Jam, because of course it's always going to be the day one. But in reality, Shawshank Redemption. That's a good one. Um, if you can, if you can have any role in any movie, what would it be? <sighs> so you know, besides trying to be like, all right, I'm gonna play OG in his life biopic, you know, like what? <laughs> but uh, <sighs> so. Static Shock. You know, I've been a huge fan of the comic ever since I was a kid, huge fan of the cartoon show. I, you know, of course, just being a black superhero and just being someone who can be a role model to some of the younger people. I've always been a fan of that. So, you know, I could grow out some dreads if they need me to, man. (laughs) Got you, got you. Okay. um, What's next for Joe Vegas? Honestly, I'm you know, creating content with Eyeball. We have the B-Crown competition going on right now. Uh, so trying to bring in new members. Uh, just finished writing the Valentine's Day cards for Eyeball, as well as I did them for T-Wolves Gaming, uh, which was a fun experience. Um, oh, that was you? I, yeah. That was nice. <laughs> Appreciate it. When I say that, like, I literally, it probably took me an hour. I did all of the Eyeball ones probably in two and a half hours. Uh, like, we have, like, I think we did like 50 something of them. Uh, and then the other ones, I was like, hey, let's do this. And they hit me up and I'm like, all right, bet. I kind of gave him a list of things. We started vibing and next thing you know. But uh, what's next is, you know, hopefully a team will reach out and interested in, you know, bringing me on or even the league or something. Of course, like, I feel like I'm getting to the point now where, yeah, a lot of people look at me as a content creator, but at the same time to build the content that I do to build these lists, etc. I have to watch games. People forget that I do have a knowledge of the game. I do have an understanding. I'm not just a content creator. I know we spoke about, you know, not being spread out too thin, but I feel that I'm a Swiss army knife that can be placed in whatever role you want me to do. And I can do it at the highest level. So whatever a team needs, whatever the league needs, I'm there to do it. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, how can people follow you on social media? Uh, so everything is even. Joe Vegas across the board. T-H-E-E, so two E's, Joe Vegas. Uh, that's Twitter. That's YouTube. I don't really, you know, I have my personal Instagram. I don't have my, per- you know, like I'm trying to keep a little separate. But, uh, you know, I'll probably. You need to make one, though. You need to make one. I know, I know. It's just, I hate pictures, man. Like, even giving you pictures is like. Oh crap! I really don't take enough pictures. Like, ugh, like, no, I'm gonna tell you, and that's one thing I want to throw out there that to to anybody uh, that's 
uh, looking to get in any form of entertainment is like you need those headshots. Like you gotta you gotta have something standard. So when people ask for pick, you got something good on hand uh, that you can use. Obviously, I get the benefit of SGC and and, and Brooklyn where media day picks and different things like that so i always have pictures on hand but definitely need to put that in there man you not a bad looking guy you need, need to make sure you got something on hand man yeah right you know i'm trying like hopefully i can get to the four model days just like you you know <laughs> nah, nah man i hey joe man i, I want to thank you uh for coming on the show man and we definitely gonna stay in touch and uh possibly do some things together but keep doing uh what you're doing and don't, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to, to anybody. I mean, uh, I think we all, we all have a, a rite of passage to, to give back and, and especially uplift and, and help everybody who's trying to, uh, to do some things like, you know, just like we did, like, even though we was doing it straight out of ignorance, so to speak, like we didn't, we didn't know, like, but now that we do know, we have a responsibility to help those who have watched us uh, get to where we at so man just keep doing what you're doing and i thank you and i think people like you dave dot from fire sticks landis Sai, harris like champ frank big west josiah like so many people that have helped in some way to help mold me into who i am and by just taking the time for just a little bit of mentor like mentoring and mentorship telling me hey you know push me in this direction compared to this and you know just like you said i'm willing to help the next generation and it's just a DM away. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm always there because I know how it felt to, you know, trying to reach out to people and people don't hit you back. And like you guys did, but like, of course you have people who do until you prove it. But I've, I've never been that person like, yo, my door is open. Let, let's have a conversation. As long as you're professional, you're respectful. Why not? Gotcha, gotcha. Well, take it easy, man. And like I said, we'll be in touch. Um, you know, I want to thank everybody who listened to this episode. Uh, remember, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you uh, hit that subscribe. You can catch the OG Two Cents podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um, you know, make sure you leave a review. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Also, follow the OG Two Cents podcast on social media and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow myself at OG King Kurt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, shout out to my team, Strider Visuals, Box Graphics, uh, and Cy Evermore for continuing to make the OG Two Cents podcast what it is today. Um, you can catch me on Esports Extra every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from anywhere from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that's what hosts Larry Ridley, uh, Antonio Williams, Kelly Wells Brinkley, Derwin Rorell, and ex the producer extraordinaire Kevin Mamouzette. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash uh, compete forever. And that's on not only Twitch, but Facebook gaming and YouTube. Uh, make sure you check out next week's episode. And remember, if it makes sense, it's an OG two cents. OG out. Let's put this work in, fellas. And much, much, much love to the entire 2K community for always showing me love. Without y'all, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah.